Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Southern California, Joey. No chill, Prano. Good morning, Andrew T. Ruther. Good morning, Joey. How goes it? How goes it in the... I was going to say the sunshine shade. <laughs> sunshine shade? Wow. Hot start this morning. Is California the sunshine state? It no. is, right? Florida? Florida is. That's why I'm saying okay. what's going on. I couldn't even say that correctly. What is California again? Remind me. I don't know, buddy. Is there a... Uh, yeah, there is. Is there a slogan? How am I forgetting California this? is for lovers. No, that's Virginia. California state slogan would that be that yeah. be what it is andy ruther he said before the show he's like we're gonna need to fill time so he came and he's already he's already googling things we're off to a hot start anyway what these are these are the golden state no. the golden state yeah of course right golden state andy i didn't even find that but i'm just thinking that the golden state warriors you didn't even find that? You didn't find a state motto? No, I found ones that one that said, let's smoke some trees, <laughs> <laughs> which would be California. Also, Eureka. What? No, but I also didn't. I didn't search too hard. You know? Yeah. It's the Golden State. Okay. The Golden Gate Bridge, the Golden State Warriors. I kind of think that's cool for the record. That they're the Golden State Warriors. All right, like yeah. that's kind of cool. They're not the San Francisco Warriors, not the Oakland. They're not the I, California. We, we just we just talked about this the other day. With I said, you know, they should just be the California Angels. I like the full. I like the just grand area, the New England Patriots. You know, it's not the Boston Patriots. That's I like what I'm it. Saying. I think yeah. it's I think it's unique, right? Yeah. But Golden State is a very unique one. That's that's. That's like it's not California Warriors. It's just the the motto of the whole state. Like how yeah, I broke, they have like the how, Golden Gate Bridge, the Golden State Warriors. That's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. Which I've run across during a run. I like to remind people. Very I've enjoyable. run across during a run. <laughs> yeah, I ran across during a heist. Captain Redundant over here. Enjoyable run. Also kind of terrifying because you're high up and you got to go around pedestrians. And did you run back? I did. You ran both ways. I think it's like a mile. That's kind of my thing. I like running across bridges. I've been doing that here in Cincinnati. And there's all these bridges across the river. Run on this bridge, run on this bridge, run on this bridge. That'd be a good band name, Bridge Runner. <laughs> Playing 80s pop music. Man, you hear that new Bridge Runner song? 
Sounds like a Netflix show about Victorian English people fucking. Isn't that isn't that that show? Bridge Runner? Bridger and Runner? I know nothing about any of those shows. Like when people are like Downton Abbey or what's that show you just mentioned? Bridgerton Runner? I have no clue what that's about. Like none at all. What if Bridgerton met Blade Runner? We present Bridgerton Runner. Queen's Andy Ruther, Andy Ruther is a time traveler from 2049 coming back to fuck Victorian English chicks. Noise. <laughs> you deal with some bush bush action down there, then, right? I don't know. I, I, I would love to know the history when people started grooming the pubes. But this is where we're at in the sports season. Get ready, dirt balls. We're talking about pubes five minutes into the show. Because if you look at Bush, if you look at like Playboy's just not even that long ago, like there's some serious Bush action, right? Like that's, it, it really is a recently new phenomenon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying there's Victorian Bushes. Wow. <sighs> All right, Joe, let's, let's get this baby going. We're talking about Bushes. We're talking about running. We're talking about bridges. Playboy is like 90s alt radio Serious Bush action <laughs> little well, glycerine. Well, We're getting a call here the Dirt ball who wants to comment on the Bush action um, Funny you bring up Sirius XM How do they still exist Is my question I didn't bring up Sirius XM <laughs> First of all I, I, thought you just said, I thought you just said Sirius I said serious Bush action because that's oh. what you said about the Playboys. Ah, oh, I was thinking. They still exist because Howard Stern's still a thing. But Wait, eventually. I'm, I'm, I'm working on very little sleep right now. Yeah, um, what happened? Oh, no, I'm just working working on some things with, with the lady about home buying. And it's it's a bitch right now. So just lots of lots of late nights and going back and forth and contracts and having to read things and you know i've come to the conclusion i never had to be an adult my whole life until my parents died and i moved back here so like man adulting is real huh and really you only just started with this process i mean like mowing your dad's lawn i don't know if you were quite adulting no you're right i totally agree (laughs) Like, yeah, suddenly I had to mow a lawn. Yeah, suddenly your only job is the job of a 14-year-old teenage boy. <laughs> like, I don't know, suddenly adulting out here. I got to worry about the weeds. It's, But it's just like, you know, grand scheme things, right? Looking to the future, family, kids, house, all those things. I, I, and I'm, about like, I'm not saying I, before I get dumped, I'm not saying I dislike it. I'm just saying... This is real life versus wake up, do Andy's beach little workout, hang in the smut studio, hang by the pool, work on dirty sports stuff, do some comedy here and there. Now you got to wake up, make, you know, a fuckboy scramble, run across some bridges, stop by the cat cafe, maybe get yourself some potions at the witch shop, mow your dad's lawn. And now finally... Try to purchase a home. Wildly different. You're you you moved back there. You became a fucking you know, 
you became a nine to five lawyer. Your, your life is exactly <laughs> the same in a different fucking place. You're like, we should go get to Tokoya organic. Oh, that's right. We don't have that here. Let's go to fucking, you know, El Gold Torito. Star. Gold Star wherever. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it, Brandon. You know, you're bringing the uh, perspective here. Yeah, that's uh, true. It's a good point. It's not like uh, it suddenly became a uh, chemist or anything. Yeah. Okay. Well, touche, my friend. Touche. Did you fall into the NBA draft? Very boring this year. I did. I watched. I watched. Uh, I watched the majority of the first round. Um, obviously, you know, my Knicks, uh, were, were what I was watching for no real standout, like sure thing. I mean, obviously you can, the, the draft is, you know, like Lachlan Patterson used to say, watching people get their first jobs, but, uh, like, you know, it's a crapshoot. but the thing with this year, really no, obviously no standout unanimous number one overall pick, especially, when the kid who got picked wasn't even expected to go number one until like at, at really at any point along the way, um, then, you know, just like, you know, you're, you're guessing here. Um, I only have so much uh, experience watching some of these guys. Obviously I watch the NCAA tournament and then I, I actually tend to get most of my information on these guys in the pre-drafts and the workouts and stuff like that. Cause they're about to enter the league that I care about as opposed to the one that they're leaving that I don't care about at all. So uh, the little that I know, you know, I was impressed uh, obviously Ivy going to the Pistons. That was a guy that they were talking about the Knicks moving up to try to get their hands on the whole time. So, you know, I went in depth on him leading up to the draft. Obviously the Knicks didn't make that move. They didn't move up at all. In fact, they moved out. They moved down. They moved to nowhere. Um, I liked what Detroit did. And surprise, surprise, I liked uh, what the San Antonio Spurs did. Um, Otherwise, and also I said, uh, you know, going into our draft, the show we did on draft day, um, that I was in on Holmgren, uh, but I would have liked to see him go to to the Thunder, which he did. So that's a fun one as well. Um, other, other than that, like no exceptionally standout, um, draft things that a guy who doesn't know anything about college basketball was like blown away by those are kind of my takeaway. And then obviously my Knicks. Yeah. Everybody's talking about the Knicks. So just refresh me. So what what they did and what the trade is and what the future is. So the Knicks, uh, punched their fans in the face in some ways that were, uh, old, in some ways that were new, but they they stayed consistent in punching their fans in the face on draft day, which they always do. So all the talk was, you know, the Knicks have um, guys to trade. Um, they have vets uh, on on contracts that would be, you know, uh, like willingly accepted by other teams. You know, you have the Alec Burks types that uh, could go help a, a contender or go help a playoff team has no use on a Knicks team that um, isn't making the playoffs. Obviously the Knicks have got themselves in a disastrous position um, with the Julius Randall contract, which obviously I've, I'm, I'm long on the record of not approving of in the first go around or it's re up. Um, so they sit at 11 
lot of talk that they're going to move up. A lot of talk that they want Ivy. Um, they don't move up. They're picking the draft comes at 11. They select a kid from France, which just made every Nick fan want to puke when they thought about, you know, the, the drafting of Frederick Weiss and then the ensuing, you know, Vince Carter putting his nutsack on his face and him never once appearing for one second in the NBA. Then, of course, the second flashback to Frank Nilakina, who they have, who they refuse to play, who they eventually move. Like the Knicks love to fucking take guys from France that are never going to do a goddamn thing. Um, and then they go ahead and they move that pick. They trade that pick to uh, Oklahoma City. Um, and for about two hours, um, no reports whatsoever about who the Knicks are receiving. There's talk, there's, you know, there's speculation. They're still trying to move that, you know, they, they moved Kemba Walker to Detroit uh, as a buyout. So they're, they're clearing cap space so that they can do this. They still want Ivy, even though he's gone. So this is all a move to try to get guys from Detroit, yada, 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 hours with the Knicks have traded their draft pick and we don't know what they get back. Uh, in the end, they get back three draft picks of various protections from a number of teams. Essentially, they 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 punt entirely on having a first round draft pick and they exchange them for multiple first round draft picks that are highly protected by teams that will probably pre be pretty good soon. Break, break so, that down again for, for me and for others on the protected. I always forget how that works. So essentially, I, I mean, each one of the picks is different, but like I can pull it up right now. So, but, but essentially protected draft picks, let's say it's one through 10 protected. For example, if that pick is a top 10 pick, the Knicks do not get it. So the Knicks essentially trade for three draft picks, all of them protected, meaning there's no chance that these draft picks turn into high picks. If they turn into high picks, the Knicks will not get them. So the Knicks only get mid to late round first round picks in exchange for a lottery pick at 11. Interesting. Then, then the question becomes, what are they doing? Like, is this a cap space? Yeah. What's the play? What's the reason is, are they going to take these picks and try to move it? Obviously, you know, Kyrie's out there wanting to be traded. Knicks were on his list. I would kill myself. I, I actually said, and, and I mean this truthfully, if Kyrie ended up on the Knicks, I would finally bail on my Knicks fandom. And it's always the question of where do you go? And I would go to Brooklyn out of spite. I would say, okay, if Kevin Durant's going to stay in Brooklyn, I will now be, be a Brooklyn that'd be, fan. That'd be tough, man. It'd be tough, but it would be. I, I but, just, I just don't think you, you like. I just don't see that happen. You're a lifelong Knicks fan. I, it, you know, Kyrie is. I'm just looking at the big picture. Kyrie's short term. We're talking long term. Your life. Yeah, but but Andy, I've been doing this for. I mean, the Knicks have won a single playoff series. In 22 seasons? That's crazy to me. I know. Is that since 99? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
That's nuts to me. They've won a single a... playoff series where they were the two seed and then got butt fucked by an Indiana Pacers team in round two. Yeah. That's crazy to me. I mean, I mean, like, that's really crazy. I think I think people need to hear that more. The Knicks storied franchise, obviously largest market in the country. One series win. In 22 years. Yeah. Like for as much as we dunk on historically bad franchises like a Browns or a Bengals or a Lions, you know, with the NFL, it's like. That's basically so here's, here's that's basically thing. right up there. The Knicks Thunder trade. They trade. They get a 2023 first round pick via Detroit protected one through 18 until 2024 protected one through 13 in 2025 protected one through 11 in 2026 and protected one through nine in 2027, which means the Knicks will never have a pick higher than ninth from that draft pick unless it occurs after 2027. Otherwise, they're yeah. picking mid first round, which everybody says basically if you're out of the lottery, the, everybody's a second round pick after that point. Everybody in the league, everybody in the draft after the lottery is, yeah. a, is a second round pick. Yeah, you're right. 2023 first round pick via Washington protected one through 14 in 2023, one through 12 in 2024, one through 10 in 2025, and one through eight in 2026. Again, won't pick top eight until 2027. And then they get a 2023 so, first round pick from Denver protected one through 14 all the way through 2025. So again, I, I like I'm trying to understand the rationale here. So it has to be a financial issue. Well, it's so yeah, the, the, the final haul for the Knicks is a 2023 first round pick via Detroit, 2023 first round pick via Washington, again, protected, protected, 2025 first round pick via Milwaukee, protected one through four. And again, we're talking about Milwaukee, Milwaukee, you yeah, know, they're, Milwaukee's they're, not going to be picking the top no. fucking whatever, you know what I mean? And, no. and then Detroit isn't going to be picking high for very lo much longer either. And then Washington probably will be. They're protected till 2026. Oh, and $18 million of cap space. So the question is, what are the Knicks going to do with it? Now, the Kyrie thing, probably the longer shot. The second one that everybody's talking about is making a sign and trade Jaylen, for Jalen Brunson, yeah. which I don't understand. If you're the Knicks, does the, what like Jalen Brunson to the Knicks? Oh, suddenly they're a seven seed again. Suddenly we're in NBA limbo once again, where we're mediocre and therefore end up with either a high lottery pick or a first round abusing at the hands of one of the good teams in the Eastern Conference. Jalen Brunson, like I said a couple of weeks last week after the finals to the Celtics, that's a point guard piece that gets you over the hump. Yeah. That, like, I think Jalen Brunson to the Celtics, you're a championship team. Well, here, here's what he is. Here's what Jalen Brunson Jalen Brunson to the Knicks for a max so yeah. you guys can be a seven seed? See, Jalen Brunson is, I, I, you know, we always like to evaluate guys. I like to evaluate guys on food. So Jalen Brunson is not the, he's not the main course. 
he's like a nice little side piece, right? So if you, so if you have a dish, right, and that's how it kind of worked out in Dallas with Luca, and obviously he showed up multiple times in the playoffs when Luca was hurt. But again, he he had to. He wasn't the main guy. So let's say let's say you get like a meal. Let's let's say I get here's a good meal. Let's say I'm doing ribs. <laughs> what? <laughs> I got food on my mind. What? <laughs> How hungry are you, bro? I'm not that hungry, but I'm just. I'm I mean, we all know what side dishes are. I love that you were like, need to get specific. All right, let's say your well, go-to guy is ribs. Well, I'm just right? saying. Jalen Brunson is mashed potatoes. I was just about to say that. I, was I know. Just, I was just about to go mashed potatoes. So he's like mashed potatoes, maybe even like a good side dinner roll. I don't know. Or I don't know, asparagus or whatever. I, I just, he ain't the ribs. Was that the worst analogy in dirty sports history? No, God, no, God. You have, I mean, that's probably not top 10 for Andy Ruther. Yeah, I would say I have far worse. That's all I'm saying. And and that's where I agree with your point. Like, like you said last week, it's actually a great point. If you put him on the Celtics, you have the other stars. And and I understand the reason that that a move like that or a move to a team like that probably doesn't happen because Jalen Brunson now is going to be commanding the max or close to the max, which is insane because he scores 12 points a game. But um, it's like the teams that are in contention don't really have spaces to just throw away max contracts on, on 12 point point guards. Sure. And, but at the same time, uh, a Knicks team that's clearing cap space. Would you want to do that? Like, this is what you're doing. You're built like Julius Randall's already there. You're not going to be able to get rid of him. Let's say in some remarkable, you know, turn of fortune, Julius Randall does play well again next year. Then you would want to move him. Right. Because let's be completely honest as a, as a realistic Knicks fan, Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett, Julius Randall. It's not a top three team in the East. No. Here, here's my comparison for Jalen Brunson. What mashed potatoes? We no, got no, 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 no player comparison. Looking at the history of the league, I think he's a he's a better version. They're very similar in stature, both left-handed. He's a better scoring version of Derek Fisher. Yeah. So like Derek Fisher only averaged like probably six or seven points a game a lot of his seasons. But they're going to bring grit. They're going to play some defense. He's a he's a better Derek Fisher, and it's a very important role on a championship team. For sure, it is. I mean, but, we all saw that's why the Lakers brought him back, and they won two more titles. Right, but also look at look at the bringing him. Look, there, it's it's almost a perfect example of it too. It's like yeah. Derek Fisher was good on championship teams. Everybody saw his value. Oh, you know, he doesn't have to score that much because they have Kobe and they have Shaq and they have whatever. But look at how good he plays. I bet you if we bring him and then Utah was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's get rid of him again. Like no, going exactly. signing, you know, signing Derek Fisher to a fucking free agent deal. It, it, it didn't pan out in Utah. No, not at all. It, and and he's like, right. you know what? You're I'm a I'm a I'll go back and be a role player on my team again. Win more championships. Hit big shots. Exactly. Hit big shots when I need to play some tough, hard-nosed defense. And, and I think that's kind of the blueprint you already see with how it worked out with Derek Fisher. So it would be a, it would be a Knicks mistake, but that's what they'll do. You know what I'm saying? Like that has get, get overpaying Jalen Brunson has Knicks written all over it. 
Like and I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the the only thing, and I and I don't think it'll ever happen, and it's because he's such a now. Also, he's the kind of guy who will fucking not stand for anything he's ever said. But even I watched the uh, Letterman KD interview. Like he basically said he was never interested in going to New York. He hates the Knicks. Now I know that's a thing that a guy who plays for the Nets would say. But obviously, if you have this situation brewing in Brooklyn, which it looks like the Lakers are the basically the only team in on Kyrie. And then Kevin Durant's not going to want to be there, which I kind of understand, but kind of don't really understand. Like if you're Kevin Durant, you potentially get rid of Kyrie and you're given all this, you know, you're probably given draft picks and cap space and opportunity. Like I, to me, if you're Kevin Durant, it's like, let's, how do we fill this void with what we have and where I stay put and they come to me? Like, why would you want to leave? But yeah, the, the only the only potential thing that I see is like in terms of game changing players that are out there is, you know, like a Kevin Durant situation where he gets he wants to move out. And maybe he does what a, a reverse Joe Prano would do if Kyrie came and he goes, well, fuck it. You guys are going to treat me like this. I go Knicks out of spite. And now I'm like, OK. Mortgage it all. Yeah. Well. We'll see how it plays out. And I know how it'll play out. The Knicks will sign Jalen Brunson sure. to a max. He'll eventually get booed out of the garden for just being exactly who he was. Um, you know, I will have been on the record saying I don't want Kyrie. I don't want Randall. I don't want all these things. I don't want Tom Thibodeau. I don't want Jalen Brunson. I will continue to be correct. Knicks fucking bing bong apologists will continue to fucking pretend like these moves are good and eventually get embarrassed by themselves and block me on Twitter. So as a native New Yorker, if I asked you which fans are the hardest on their team, is it Knicks giants? I know it's not the Mets. Is it Knicks giants hardest on their team or yeah, meaning like they're going to be the hardest. They expect the most from their players. Uh, I think it's probably Giants fans. You think? Uh, in terms of like, I think the the Giants just have championships in their history. Um, I think Knicks fans are stupidly positive Optimistic? all okay. the time, yeah. and it's and it's insane. And you know, the, to be fair, the twenty two years with one playoff thing, you don't you're not draw, like. I'm sure there's plenty of fans who have given up on the Knicks. I've been close so many times, but, but I got to say there was a time I felt like in the nineties and the early two thousands, um, where Knicks fans were like, you know what? They fucking get it. They know what's going on. They're in touch with the NBA. They're like, they're, they're, they're demanding the right coaches. They're demanding the right people. They want this, they want that. And I got to say, I mean, one of the many, uh, things that I think he's responsible for in in being in, in doing bad by the NBA and fans in general is like it all went out the window with Carmelo Anthony. People bought in so hard on Carmelo Anthony. Obviously, I never bought in for one fucking second. Didn't want anything to do with him. And Carmelo Anthony and Mike D'Antoni are kind of the uh, the the shining examples of where Knicks fans lost their way. It was, yeah, what the fuck did Mike D'Antoni do for us ever? 
Uh, we're team Carmelo. We still want, they want Carmelo back today. And it's like, man, Knicks fans have lost their way. And they're so optimistic. Oh, yeah, we're going to turn around. This is the rebuild. These are the guys who are going to do it. Blah, blah, blah. The new thing is always the fucking thing. Mets fans are just so beaten. And so, like, you know, I feel like here's the thing with the Mets fans. I feel like there was a birth of Mets fans beginning with this season. The start of this season is the, is the beginning of a new Mets fandom going forward because we're not the Will Ponds garbage can anymore. We got the first year of Steve Cohen sorting out the pieces, getting things out of the way. We have year two making all the right moves, most runs scored in baseball. Like from here going forward, I think you'll see Mets fans demand a higher quality. Um, Yankee fans, kind of Knicks fans ish in like always like, supremely optimistic always unrealistic Derek yeah. Jeter's the greatest shortstop that ever played the game uh John Carlos Dan's gonna come in and fucking hit this many hoes Joey Gallo's gonna win you know AL MVP Garrett Cole uh, you know they did Garrett Cole doesn't have a problem with spin rate Garrett Cole is the problem with spin rate they have to have these rules because our pitchers are so goddamn good Yankees fans obnoxious lunatics honestly share a lot with Knicks fans and then I just think, you know, obviously Jets fans are just Jets fans are a puppy that's been beaten within an inch of his life and is now cowering in the corner. If you walk near him, he pisses all over himself. Um, and then, you know, Met or Giants fans sort of demand more from their team. Like when the Giants have been bad and you've seen it, um, they're ready to throw absolutely every single person under the bus. It's Coughlin. It's Eli. It's Gettleman. It's fucking Saquon you know get obj out of here and you're like okay at some point guys we need to fucking you know like giants fans are demand quality and they kind of lose their minds when they don't get it yeah no that makes sense i can see that so i was telling you before the show are we going to hear from our hockey correspondent ryan now that Stanley Cup finals are officially over. He called mid-show. Great. So we Great. do have an update. So shout out to the Colorado Avalanche who won Stanley Cup finals in six game, six games, and uh, I missed it. Missed it all. Yeah, you didn't see a second of it. Well, it was on. I was out at a restaurant Friday night, and it was on, but there was a pole blocking the TV. Okay. <laughs> so like I might have seen it, but not really. And then last night I remembered and I put it on. I was like, oh, Stanley Cup finals on. And I put it on in the avalanche. We're already celebrating. <laughs> so for what it's worth, I watched the post-game celebration for okay. Maybe, okay. Maybe, maybe 10 minutes. Maybe 10 minutes. Okay. I learned I learned just from visually. I think hockey guys are really into some some blonde girls. I felt like there was a lot of blonde girls on the ice afterwards. Okay. A lot of attractive young blonde girls. So I don't know this, if that's, this is your takeaway from maybe we should just get to the caller. Okay. Maybe, we should, maybe we should just get to Ryan. Uh, you know, since Andy's takeaway from the Stanley cup finals is hockey players like blonde girls. Yeah. And I heard the cup was dropped and dented. Ooh, I did not know that. Yeah. And that my heart goes out to anything that gets dented. So, 
Let's yeah. uh, let's hear the call. Hello, Dirty Sports. Ryan Clack calling in once again from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan with your last hockey update. We have a new champion. The Colorado Avalanche have taken down the back-to-back champs, and it wasn't easy. Let's get into it. Game five, the Avalanche had a chance to win the Cup at home, but I did not think for one second that Tampa was losing that game. Vasilevsky was outstanding once again, and the Lightning forced a game six with a 3-2 to two win. Game six, Stamkos scores an early goal to give the Lightning the lead. A lot of teams might panic in Colorado's situation, but they were able to stay composed, and they were by far the better team for the rest of the game. They scored two goals in the second period and held down the fourth the rest of the way. 2-1 the final score. The Lightning basically had nothing left in the third. Great run for them, but uh, it's over, and you got to feel a little bad for Corey Perry, who's now lost in the finals for the third straight year with three different teams. Maybe next year, Corey, but uh, this was Colorado's year. I've been saying it all along. What a team that Joe Sackick has built. They should be a good test uh, when my Leafs face them in the cup final next year. So (laughs) that's that. And uh, I just want to take a minute to thank you guys for letting me be your hockey correspondent. I've been a listener for almost eight years now. Fuck, it's been a great ride. You guys have helped me through a lot of big moments in my life so thanks for letting me be a little part of dirty sports history it uh, genuinely means a lot to me and uh, so until next time stay dirty and uh, I've said this before and I'll say it again condoms are for Maria fuck you Maria (laughs) (laughs) we got an f-bomb from Ryan Uh, Ryan well, well first of all from both Joe and my heart you you were great you couldn't have been better now, the bar was kind of low, no offense of what we had in the past, but you exceeded everything, and we are very thankful not only for your weekly updates, also your support for the last eight years. And yeah. I'll double down on that. Fuck Maria, wherever she may be. Yeah, and condoms are definitely for Maria. She is probably she's probably bought a million condoms just this past week. I am assuming, uh, you know, marching against uh, for abortion laws. Sure. Uh, I'm assuming she's sleeping on the steps of City Hall downtown, per- changing her hair color for whichever <laughs> current thing she's protesting. But I also want to say, who's having sex with her? I'm sure lots of lots of people who uh, who are into that vibe. Well, may God have mercy on their soul. Um, <laughs> and and I want to say, you know, I think Andy, we, I talked about last week. It's like I. You know, I don't want to say, Ryan, that you should call in every week. I don't think in the in the off season that we need a weekly hockey call. But I would say that as uh, a, a member of the DSPN crew now, there are no days off. We take no days off here at DSPN. So if something if something's breaking, something's happening in the world of hockey that must be discussed. Give us a call for your off season updates. Yeah. We can start with, do they prefer blondes over brunettes? What's the deal with hockey? What happened to the cup? So where'd you see that? Was that news? Obviously. Uh, Yeah, it was, it was, you know, I got, I think it was a, uh, one of the many Apple iPhone alerts. It was like the, the avalanche just won the cup and immediately dented it. Unbelievable. 
Well, I forgot that Stan Kroenke also owned the Avalanche. So he won a Super Bowl and a Stanley Cup in the same year. Good work by Kroenke. Yeah, a very hated man in the city of St. Louis. Yeah. Probably prime suspect number one in that city for just ripping the Rams out of St. Louis and returning to them, them where they should have belonged, which I will stay every single time because they were there for 30 years. But crazy that he won both of those. And uh, yeah. Again, the, is, you know, one thing, it, it's it's sort of anti these terrible things. It's it, anti these terrible sports franchises. It's like sometimes it just kind of, and I've said this before, it's like no more proof than what's happened with my Mets. It's like a change of ownership is everything. Oh. And he and he's an owner who, you know, you can hate him for pulling his team out of St. Louis. I understand St. Louis fans being upset by that, but also he onward and upward, you know, moves into a like a you know uh, the eighth wonder of the world in SoFi in Los Angeles, which he pays for. He has all the right people in places, you know, Joe Sackick, uh, obviously the, the GM in place there, the avalanche, um, you got, you know, the, the whole team of, of the GM and the coach and all the guys at the Rams, like Les Snead's been a great yeah, GM for the Rams. You, you put I, these, you, you put these guys in place. That, that, and that's my whole thing. I agree. Like, look, these guys are billionaires. You don't become a billionaire being a nice person. And I know I'm stereotyping, but most of these people are probably pieces of shit. Let's call it what it is. That That's a different mindset to accrue that much money and to have that drive and you're going to have to do things. But at the end of the day, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Guys, at the end of the day, like that's what you want, right? Don't you want an owner, like you're saying, talking about the Mets or with Kroenke, who's going to back it up financially? Well, that's a, I and I tweeted this. I was in, I was walking around with my Mets hat, and some, some, some guy goes, "Steve Cohen is a criminal," and I was like, "I don't give a fuck, dude. We're we have the best record in the NL." I, I was like, "I'd root for a team owned by Mussolini if it meant the Mets were going to win their first <laughs> World Series since 1986." I don't give a fuck. You know who else is a criminal? Every fucking billionaire. Yeah, that's exactly You're a fucking criminal. exactly. Like, what are we talking about? Exactly, and that's my point. Like, come on. Like and I and I didn't know if it was like a Yankee fan or whatever, but it's like, you know, the the idea if you're out there, you know, and and you hear a lot of this chirping because the Yankees are scared. You know, I can see Yankee fans are scared. Well, little little um, brother hit puberty and he's ready to fight back. Yeah, and and so there, that's a lot of talk. Oh, you're fucking. It's like, dude, your owner, your ownership group, George Steinbrenner, made his money in shipping and freighting in Ohio in the 60s and the 70s. You think he did that legally? Like, what are we talking about here? Yeah. No, 100%. Even guys that I like, and again, I hate to say this. So take like a Mark Cuban. Both you and I like him. And I think he does a lot of good things, especially with, I don't even know what it is, the program, whatever he runs for that gives people affordable drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like that's a great thing. I'm sure Cuban's done well. We already know what went on with the Mavs and the sexual harassment. You know, you see what I'm saying? Like, like it's already out in the. I'm just saying, like, nobody's gonna be perfect to become a billionaire. We do have a call about 
winning, which I think is a good discussion. It's talking about how they won on the road. The avalanche. And also the Warriors did. So let's just get to the call. Hey, Joe and Andy. It's number one dirt baller, Stephen Dermer from South Bend, Indiana, calling. Uh, so obviously now the Warriors and the uh, Avalanche have won championships in front of the opposing team's crowd. So as you as a player, would you – obviously you would rather win at your home stadium, but is it – would it make, does it make much of a difference? Is it more of a punch in the face to the other team, or is it kind of like, oh, uh, sucks, you're not winning at home? I think it'd be kind of, cool. I mean, obviously better to win it at home, but I would just love to see all the fans so mad, just storming out, especially with how much crap the Celtics fans were talking crap about the players, and the players were talking about the fans. I know that was a punch in the face for them, but... I just want to see what you guys think. Thanks, guys. Stay dirty. I think it's an interesting question. Do you rather want to win the title at home or as a giant F you to the opposing fans? I know me, and I say at home because I think I, there's most I think there's layers to this too. Okay. It's like it's like, you know, for if the Warriors, for example, and, and both of these, both of these NHL NBA finals, it's like Dude, be nice to win at home, but you don't want to go home for a fucking game seven, right? It's like, I think obviously you're talking, you talk to those guys. It's like, there's so much, there's so much that goes for it. It's like a lot of times that best, that best team, it's like, yeah, in a good series, your opportunity to win at home is win, you know, in a game seven or, or earlier. Like a lot of times, obviously, if you're the, if you're the better team, Winning on the road means you swept. Winning on the road, winning on the road means you, you know, avoided a game seven. But obviously, I think every team would prefer to win in front of their fans, have the whole thing celebrating. But I think there's also something cool about winning on the road, and then you come home and you come home to those fans at the airport, and you come home to the parade, and you come home to all that stuff. But I mean, I can't imagine that, you know, you you look at you look at the great historical wins people running on the field people you know you know reggie jackson running over guys as he runs off the field and like all that stuff it's like i think you'd want to win at home well, but there, the, yeah the but emotion there some, i mean there's something cool and there's something like in, interesting um when it comes to the you know what games these are happening in of like winning on the road also you look at kind of like like that lebron win in Golden State in a game seven. Like that's gotta be pretty fucking what cements your legacy well. more. Yeah. yeah. It cements your legacy on the road. But like the emotion and the kinship you have with your fans, because obviously the fans have so much emotion too. And people have such a vested interest in their team that just it's a camaraderie, right? Like like you're like you said, you know, I was I, the little post game thing I watched last night. It's kind of a bummer when uh, you're on the road. There's nobody there. Yeah. Versus you're at home. Like you said, it's, it's rocking the places. Like even I remember when the Kings won at home, I forget which time it was sometime in the last 10 years. Um, I know they've won two recent ones, but I just remember how, you know, the whole Staples center is just rocking and everybody's so turned 
So, I mean, you definitely want to win at home, but winning on the road, I think, I think those are the ones too. When you look at history, you talk about LeBron and golden state, you talk about the game magic Johnson played. I believe that was a game six as well against the Sixers when, when uh, Kareem was injured and he, and he played yeah. center. It's like, those are games people talk about. I believe it was in Phoenix when John Pat, was it John Paxson who hit that huge three? Yeah. And the bulls won. I think it was a game six as well. I mean, I mean, these are, again, I'm just, I'm just naming them off the top of my head. It's, it's yeah. not as easy for me to remember. I mean, obviously yeah, yeah. You have the Paxson shot in, in Phoenix. You've got the Jordan shot in Utah. You've got yes. all that, you know, yeah, so th- those definitely are the more memorable ones. Yeah. So, but again, the, the emotion of of winning at home. I see we have a birthday shout out on here. Ah, uh, yes. Wanted to shout out. You know, a lot of times people, uh, I've I've been pushing my cameo, and uh, a lot of people have I've given birthday shout outs to. I've made some birthday videos for um, a lot, and then one of our listeners, Noah Minton uh reached out to me and i made a video for uh, a dirt ball that he wanted to wish a happy birthday and he just said joe in addition to that i think it would mean so much if you could give him a shout out on the show and i said well this is the perfect time of year good time of year to be born lucas haberman oh snap a good time of year to be born in the doldrums of sports so if you're born in the summer it's a good time to get your dirty sports shout out in. I just wanted to, uh, in addition to uh, what I sent to him in the video, wanted to shout out our boy Lucas. He's uh, from North Dakota. He's been a fan. I'm, you know, you, when you have a long time dirt ball, it's like you don't even have to have a ton of interaction with them. You just know their name. Oh, you've I know seen that name. them. You've I've seen. seen you've I've seen, seen Lucas you've on seen Lucas. social. Yeah, you've seen him milling around. I see you, fam. Yeah. So I said, uh, absolutely. I could give him a shout out. You could give him a shout out. It's uh, you know, a happy, happy birthday. Yeah, for, man. Ha- to, ha- to, to a longtime Dirtball Lucas Averman. Happy birthday. And I know the Dirtball fam is strong in the Dakota region, Minnesota region as well. Maybe go visit Mount Rushmore. Is that South or North Dakota? I know south. we've discussed this before. South? I think it's South. Maybe it's north. I don't know. I feel like it's south. I feel like it's south. Yeah. I've been to South Dakota. I've never been to North Dakota. Yeah. I think same for me. I think I've driven through South Dakota. I know I have. I don't know if I've driven through North. South Dakota. Keystone, South Dakota. I knew it. I don't even know why I questioned myself. Well, shout out to you, Lucas. Enjoy the birthday if you're legal. The cold Miller Lite. That's my company plug. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk Deshaun Watson update. We got to do it every episode now. It's coming out. The leaks are happening. According to everyone, the NFL wants to give an indefinite suspension with minimum of one season ban. All reports are saying that minimum one season, but with no set end date. Correct. Ba- basically, essentially giving them this whole season to s- see where all the facts 
and all the court cases and all the things land. They're buying themselves one season. Yeah, that's the move. And it's going to get, uh, it'll get, it'll get pretty interesting with the, how it plays out legally. So, well, first of all, you have to laugh. I knew you said this, like, this is the most Browns move ever. Like, yeah, they're trying to throw the book at this guy and the Browns are like, here's 250 million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's trade for him. Very, very Brown-esque move. You talked about the Knicks again, the Browns, very, very big move. Now, see the, the Knicks. It, yeah, it's a very Knicks. In fact, the Knicks, I've heard just since we started having this conversation, the Knicks are like, why go give Jalen Brunson the max when we could just, it seems like Deshaun Watson is going to be available here. I mean, he's not going to play the whole season. Now's our time to jump on him with a low value. And, you know, Knicks fans are like, you know what? Not a bad idea. Sure. I mean, he is super athletic. So here's some interesting things that are going to, because you got to look at comps on this. You're like, well, where's the precedent, right? Especially when we look at any sort of, even though this isn't the actual law, but where's like a legal precedent within the NFL? And if you pull some things up, Michael Vick might be the closest, but it's really not the best comparison. Because Michael Vick was convicted criminally. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like Michael Vick was convicted criminally and he served jail, like like he served jail time. So that's maybe a comparison. Now, Ray Rice was also, these are just guys who've been suspended indefinitely for the record. Ray Rice was suspended indefinitely and that was overturned on an appeal. The NFL is smart enough to do this. The independent ruler, arbiter, their neutral arbiter in this is a former U.S. District Court judge, and it's a female. Her name's Sue Robinson. I, you know what I'm saying? So, like that—that's that to me is a huge tell. Who is going to want to throw the book harder at this guy? Uh, a female. It just is like, like, and and also it's, it's a matter of the NFL making a suggestion on what they like. And then I'm sure this arbiter being like, yeah, this is why we can justify that. And this is why we can do this. And, and, and to be totally honest with you, it's like, how can you not, how could that not be where you start? How could it not be? Let's just give them the whole fucking season off. He, he essentially had a whole last season. Like, nothing's been sorted out yet here. And, I mean, like, I understand the whole shithead argument that somebody would make about, like, he hasn't been charged with a crime. These sure. cases are dropping. He's settling. It's like, we're not talking about two people, <laughs> one person. Yeah, that, I agree. That's where I agree with you. We're talking about two dozen that we know of. So like he clearly has, well, he has a problem. First of all, he's got a problem. Like we, we have a pattern. See, I don't like the law argument either because OJ wasn't convicted by the law. There's a lot of people who are murderers. Yeah. So, so 
Exactly. We're not talking. I, and to be honest, I don't like the Trevor Bauer comparison either. And, and they bring that up in this article in particular where, okay, he got two years. I'm like, that was it's the same thing. Like that was one girl. That was one yeah. woman. So, so even that you can say, oh, that could be a, he said, she said, it's not a, he said, she said, when literally it's a, he said, she, 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 for sure. She, 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 she said. Yeah. When the number of accusers is greater than the number of players on offense and defense combined. Exactly. You know, you got a problem. There's 22 players in the field. You got, you got more. When you can play a flag football game with your, abusers and still have people waiting on the sideline to tap in (laughs) not to make a joke of it but yeah no for sure it's true though but that that's the number that's why when any douchebag on twitter is like wasn't convicted of a crime okay fine i know that's that's honestly it does i gotta say there you know what does give me a ton of joy when it comes to this particular situation first of all that they like they kick Baker Mayfield to the curb for Deshaun Watson. Now Baker Mayfield, not going to come back, right? Baker Mayfield, who's sort of been like the poster child for like unreasonable, like quarterback fans to stand for. He was kind of like, you know, he was, he's definitely the modern, like reimagining of Johnny Manziel, right? Everybody's so swaggy. It's like, yeah, he also fucking can't stay on the field. He keeps throwing fucking picks in huge spots. Like, what are we talking about here? But like, to me, the abandoning sort of, you know, the fanboy favorite in Baker Mayfield going with the black quarterback and now the black quarterback having to be uh, essentially miss a whole entire year for sexually assaulting two dozen people. The idea of just a slub, a dub out there being like, let him on the field. He wasn't convicted. I'm going to storm the Cleveland city hall. I'm going to shit on the fucking prosecutor's desk while wearing a fucking horned helmet. Like the, uh, like just the, the, the Cleveland, Brown Stan MAGA dipshit who is now like fighting for the justice of Deshaun Watson, 25 time accused sexual assaulter. All the people who ever came at me when I had been making all the, the, the Ohio jokes on Twitter love that this is like their cause now. It's like, it less criminal charges of her brother. <laughs> I, I, again, you like, look, you do uh, exactly. I like to laugh about just the, the, the bot debacle the Browns are and but you know, I I've read a lot on this, how they think it might play out. Here's an interesting take. It could go the Tom Brady route with his suspension, which this was a good reminder. So, so here was a, now I know here's the thing. You're not, I'm not comparing sexual assault or rape and all these other things to deflating balls. Those are not a comparison, but the timeline of how it plays out could happen because here's just a quick reminder. I forgot this. So this is going back to May, 2015, the NFL investigation concludes. They announced Brady suspended four games. Week later, NFL PA appeals to suspension on behalf of Brady. 
Brady's appeal meeting ends a month later. Goodell upholds that suspension that same month. So we're in June. Then Brady in August legally challenged, challenged it. Right. So then a judge nullified the case, which made Brady eligible. I think we forgot about all this wild back and forth legal stuff. Brady then was eligible to play in week one. It kept going back and forth. And a quick reminder, Brady played that whole season of 2015. It wasn't until July of 2016 until he said, okay, Remember, he said, I'm going to take it to the Supreme Court. Yeah. I'll, accept, I'll accept my four games. But what they're saying is this might be that kind of play out where he does play this year, where he's like, I'm going to keep challenging, 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 appealing judges, whatever the, the legality aspect of it is. He might play this year, but then like suspension next year to kind of just kick the can down the road, so to speak. But. Regardless, and Baker, and Baker Mayfield will do an old Wheaties style, Wheaties box style commercial where he's just wearing a nondescript football <laughs> jersey, and he's outside a stadium for you know whatever goddamn insurance company, and they're like, "How many <laughs> lights are you going to change?" He's like, "I don't know, maybe two dozen." Winking at the camera. That's hilarious. Why did Wheaties never play pay for the rights? <laughs> Like, was Wheaties that tight? We are not paying for the rights. We're just going to have a generic orange jersey. Yeah. They're like, listen, we have Mark McGuire with a, a syringe in his neck. That in was a post, red jersey. by the way. That was post. Yeah, in a red jersey <laughs> with a black, a blue hat. We know who he plays for. I vividly remember the Mark McGuire cards just holding the bat. No logo. Yeah. I want to know that person in that department whether it's marketing or PR, whatever it is, is like, look, we could save a few bucks by not paying Major League Baseball. This guy walks in, he's like, uh, I'm sorry, have you guys heard of Photoshop? And they're like, what's that? It's like, oh, it's a new thing for computers. Watch, this is going to blow your mind. He's like, Alec Kazam. And they're like, where did the, I mean, he's wearing the same uniform, but it just doesn't say Mets anymore. He's like, that's right. That's Mike Piazza playing for a team that has no logos. <laughs> Congratulations. I just saved you guys $70,000. Oh, man. I wish I still had some of those. I, I remember those baseball cards. Yeah were embarrassing. Like you'd be eating the cereal. Like I remember was honeycomb post. Oh yeah. Cause I was a big honeycomb guy. And I just remember, you know, you're, you're eating the <laughs> I was honeycomb. a big honeycomb guy. Yeah. I was, I was, I was in the honeycomb fam yeah. and, uh, you know, make eating some honeycomb and the, and the card comes out and yet McGuire is one of the ones I definitely remember. And just, you look at it and you were as a kid who collected baseball cards, you're like, what is this? What is this poor shit? This is some poor people shit. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go look at my, my 1985 tops McGuire rookie card, which it was 84, 85. If Meanwhile, they're trying, they're trying to convince you. It's awesome. They're like cards without team logos. They're great. <laughs> and you're like, no, these suck. Oh man. I'm going to go. I'm going to have to go through my cards. Actually. It's, that's a good reminder. As I go through everything in the house, I got, I got a lot of cards, a lot of, a lot of signed baseballs. I have to go through that. A lot of them have uh, like the, faded the, a bit. 
Oh, it sucks, man. I, I have one. I don't know which Reds team this is. It's every player on the Reds. I think it's, it wasn't a title winning team. I think it's 94. One of the good teams though they had in the nineties. Yeah. If I ever have one piece of advice out there for the, the fathers, if there are still young, you know, are any, are dirt balls, are there any dirt balls out there that are taking their kids to games, like getting ball signed still? You think? I hope so. I'd like to uh, think that there I are. I would hope so. I know that I, I think to do that, you have to hoist them over the net like they're climbing the walls of the Capitol just to get them on the other side. But uh, if there is still opportunities, my one piece of advice, this is like, this is like dad advice is like, go on Amazon, order yourself. It's probably going to cost you 12 bucks. Order yourself a legit major league baseball and bring that to get signed. Because when you go to the stadium, they're going to have like your reds logo ball or your Mets logo ball or whatever. And it's going to be that rubber shit. That are, that's so garbage. And when you sign it, that shit is going to fade in five years. Yeah. But on, a, but on a real ball, that shit will stay. Yeah. But even that I have, a, I have authentic, I have an authentic ball from every player of the reds, like I said, and just, it wasn't in the right case. I I'm sure there's specific cases like it's in a case, but I assume there's cases. I don't know how it would work. Probably like some sort of humidity. I don't know what affects the ink, but uh, it's, it's gone. And, and another suggestion that I would make. Marge shot was just selling pens that disappear after 10 years. So you have to come back and read it. Yes. This is how we get the money. <laughs> another suggestion. If you're going to get a ball signed, do not let a giant St. Bernard chew on it. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're going to get a ball signed. Don't hit the ball in a yard where a giant St. Bernard We'll ruin it. I want to rewatch that movie. It's a great movie. It's solid, been a long time. Solid movie. It's been a long time since I've watched The Sandlot. I want, yeah. I, I, I want to rewatch it. I saw a great, I don't know if it was an Instagram reel or a TikTok the other day, and it was like, you have one, you have to win one game. Which fictional picture pitcher are you taking? And it was like Gary Busey from like, uh, you know, rookie of the year. Yeah. It was like Kevin Costner in like, you know, uh, love of the game for love of the game. Yeah. And then it was like Nunez, the fucking black kid from Sandlot. I was like, dude, that kid is for sure a gamer. <laughs> That's the kind of kid who goes out there and fucking gives you seven strong. Yeah. Loads the bases a couple of times, but gets out of it. Like I was like, I'm going with the kid. That kid, he has a bulldog face. He has like that Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. Like it, he might not have his stuff that day, but he's going to grind. He's going to yeah. get a big double play where you need sure. it. I'm for sure going with yeah. fucking Nunez. And and now to make current comparisons, Squints is the Deshaun Watson of the Sandlot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tricking girls into make it out with them. We know, we know what you're doing, Squints. Yeah. You're a little Deshaun Watson of the Sandlot. Squints went on to do that at 25 public pools around the area. And then is surprised <laughs> why they won't let him play in the annual 4th of July game. They're like, bro, you're a rapist. He's like, what are you talking about? Oh, I really want to title this episode. Squints is the Deshaun Watson <laughs> of the Sam. <laughs> People are gonna be like, I, I just, I sometimes I picture a dirtball. Like I don't, I probably most of the listeners don't even look at the titles, but somebody's like, what the fuck were these guys talking about? Yeah. Are they on mushrooms? What? So last episode, 
when we were discussing the Washington ugh, Commanders, I, I hate saying it for the record. When we were discussing discussing that team uh, and everything that's happening with Dan Schneider, I, I said I had heard that RG- RG3 was basically holding back information. I'd read that online and I did a little digging and I guess that was true. So RG3, this is, I think this is kind of fascinating, which brings in a whole conspiracy. So RG3 announced last November, he was going to write a tell all book about his time in DC detailing the sexual harassment and medical mismanagement that he endured personally and all this stuff. And it, I mean, Joe, it even had a title. It was titled Surviving Washington. Right. So he had a title. That's November. And I do, I do remember, I don't know if you saw this. I remember at the time he was tweeting about it. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. But you know, it's November. It's the middle of the football season. Things kind of get lost in the mix. Then in March, he announced the book was canceled. Canceled. So no book. And he explained why it was canceled. And he said it was to give other victims an opportunity to speak their truth. And I'll read a direct quote from him. He said, I want to give space to and elevate those who have already come forward while encouraging those who have not yet to feel empowered to speak. This is a matter that very qualified people are continuing to manage with sensitivity and seriousness. And ultimately, I learned that this book was not the proper forum for this in time and through a more meaningful method. I hope to address my firsthand experience now. So people are connecting. Why would you, why would you drop the book? So he was recently, he's been working in media. He's been working as an analyst, but he recently became the face of ESPN's college football preview show. And that's where the conspiracy start. ESPN obviously has a big deal with the NFL. They have a big deal with college. Like, this is not something where they want a huge tell-all book. He's the new face of their college football. And now people like Warren Sapp are saying he knows the NFL, ESPN, people within college football, whoever told him to drop the book and we'll, we'll make you the face of our college football show now. I mean, listen. As far as conspiracy theories goes, that's not outlandish. So he also I says, just hope, I just hope that the book still comes out. I hope that they just change the title master and the commanders written by RG three of three. <laughs> that's definitely not RG three. So, it's just a guy who really loves RG three and thinks RG three is a hall of fame quarterback and how Washington did it wrong. Who, who will then, of course, refuse to do interviews. But don't worry, Barstool's on it. They've confirmed that it's definitely not RG3. That's hilarious. So he went as far as insinuating that the NFL paid him off to keep quiet. Which, that again, one, yeah. That's not a crazy... People are like, well, it's no. a... The counter to that... I mean, people, it's, not even, it's, not, it's not even crazy to think that the NFL who has a deal with ESPN as well was like, Hey, ESPN, you got to make RG three, the face of college football. And if you do, if we maneuver that, will you, do you promise to not put this book out? 
And now, 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 again, to counter that, he had already been doing TV stuff. There, everybody was saying that both Fox and ESPN were in a bidding war to get him in college football because he tested well. People liked him when he called games. So it's not like he hadn't been working before. But still, that, that to me, I agree. That's not a crazy idea that the NFL paid him off or maybe elevated his job quicker than expected for him to be quiet. You, you don't tweet out, you don't talk in November, you're releasing a tell-all book, and then four months later, nah. There's something behind that. Yeah. And him saying it's to let other people speak, that's bullshit. And, and Warren Sapp is quickly like turning into the Alice Jones of the NFL, where he's just like, every day he has another conspiracy theory. So there's truth. There's, the truth is in there somewhere, but you got to remember... You know, there's also the guys who are, you know, Warren Sapp is definitely in clickbait mode. Yeah. I'd love to get him on here, man. Yeah. It'd be great to have him on here. He was such a great player, but there, there's something up. That, that's all I'm saying. Whether, whether, like you said, there's something in between, something's up because this book was just killed. Because somebody like me, I would love to read a book like that. Yo, what really? Love, love. Yeah, give me that. Give me that in my veins, son. So. Well, hopefully a black and white pencil sketch of RG3 will release the book under a pseudonym. I love I love how, you think a lot of people are going to get these references? I think some people will probably get RG three of three. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's go to the dirt balls. Three one Oh, three, five, nine, eight, three, six, five is our hotline. You guys know where to reach us. Call about sports, call about whatever. Here, here's a, here's a, whatever call from hall of fame, dirt ball CT. I like this call. It's a reference to something we discussed last episode. Gentlemen, CT, formerly from Seattle, lifelong Seattle Cracks fan. Ruther, please play this call over my last one. I thought of something in between. Um, Real quick, I'm going to pause it. I love, <laughs> I, I love when the dirtballs do that, though. It's just, you know, play this one. Guys, I'm not going to play like one where it's actually, I, I do like to play the terrible ones, but. You know, I'm going to play the better one for the record. I'm glad you went to the movie theaters. Going to movies uh, is the best. And going alone, not too bad either. Sometimes you need to sit next to somebody because you don't want to sit front row. Sorry about it. But uh, you mentioned going to Spencer's at the mall. Um, What was your guys' go-to mall food court option? Um, Mine was definitely Sabaro Pizza. Growing up in Spokane, we didn't have a ton of local food. I'm sure Sabaro is uh, traitorous to New York-style pizza. Sorry, Joe, but, you know, it was good back in, back in the 90s at the Northtown Mall in Spokane, Washington. But if you guys were at the mall back in 1999, what was your go-to food court option? And maybe where would you shop afterwards? I like to hit up Sam Goody. The, but th- these are... He kind of nailed it for me. So my go-to mall move, late 90s, let's say I'm in high school. Sabaro's a go-to. You get a slice of pizza. Ironically, I just watched a video about a couple of years ago on 
there, I figured there's this YouTube channel. It's like, what happened to so-and-so? It's kind of interesting. And I fell down a rabbit hole. Actually, it's when Nick, this was like, yeah, Nick was, Nicky D was at the smart, this one, he was in the smart studio. And I remember telling him because he had no clue what I was talking about. I was like, this is fascinating about Sabaro because they, they've basically gone under and it's a whole thing describing it. But a Sabaro was a go-to. If you were just doing a snack for me, Auntie Anne's, the pretzel place, Sam Goody was a go-to at the mall. Yeah. To get Dude, music. It's an, it's amazing how much I spent on music over the years. And I have no idea where any of those CDs are. Literally no idea. I'm assuming my mom's like fucking basement or some shit like that, but I have no idea. Tens of thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars for sure on music in my lifetime. Uh, my go-to at the mall. So the, like the closest mall to where I grew up was the Danbury mall in Danbury, Connecticut. Uh, eventually we started going in the other direction. We also, the next closest mall was Stanford, Connecticut. And then there was a mall in white Plains, classic mall situation in white Plains, uh, like Chris Rock used to call it the, the Galleria, which was the mall. And then became the wall, the mall, the white people used to shop at when they opened the Westchester, but my go-to originally, and it's honestly to this day, something I crave regularly at the Danbury mall was a place called Rocky's cheesesteaks. So good. Like, honestly, best cheesesteak I've ever had outside of Philadelphia was at Rocky's in the fucking Danbury mall. It was right next to a Nathan's. So you could get a cheesesteak and then you could go get the crinkle fries at Nathan's with the cheese sauce. Amazing. Bro, let's go. Uh, yeah. Sam Goody, Nike town champs. You know, all the sporting goods stores, you're going to look at, you're going to look at sneakers, you're going to look at sporting gear, hard, hardcore on the, uh, on, you know, on all the champs and the foot actions and the foot lockers. Oh yeah. Know. I, this is wild. Dude, there's a Sabaro. Lids. Mid, lids. Yeah. Fucking Midwest, dude. They're headquartered now in Columbus. There's a Sabaro in one of the malls here. The Kenwood Town Center has a Sabaro. That's probably 20 minutes away from me. I can. That's, honestly, nut, that's nuts to me. I can honestly. There, there was a Sabaro right next to Rocky's Cheesesteaks in Danbury Mall. And I can honestly say I, I have not eaten Sabaro more than five times in my whole life. And that's crazy because sort of a Nick's tradition there's there's a famous sabaro that was right across from madison square garden Shut people, up. Would always, people would always eat at that sabaro i'm like you guys are in new york city look outside that the block outside the fucking stadium people are like no you get off penn station you go get a sabaro slice you go into the garden i'd be like what are you people homeless i mean it's a fascinating history it was founded in 1956 by gennaro and carmelo sabaro the couple had three sons they had uh Immigrated to America from Naples, Italy. I mean, I mean, it's kind of fascinating. One of the busiest outlets was located in the World Trade Center, which was destroyed, obviously, during the 9-11 attacks. So the company filed for Chapter 11 in 2011. The, the latest conspiracy theory is that 9-11 was done by... <laughs> an Italian who just wanted to up the quality of pizza in New York city. 
I thought you were going to take it down. Sabara is fucking garbage pizza. I thought you were going to of pizzas. I thought you were going to say it was done by like somebody working for Pizza Hut. <laughs> like we got to get Sabaro out of here. Guy claims he's from fucking Naples. Get the fuck out of here. Sabaro slices. Oh, man. It's going to cost us a couple thousand people. but We got to fix pizza fucking down downtown. Another one I remember, I didn't really buy much, but you go in there to, to read the raunchy jokes. It was Walden Books. Walden Books? <laughs> Did you have a Walden? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The raunchy jokes. That's where you're going. I'm going to the bookstore to go to the raunchy book section. Yeah, they had like a section of like, it'd be like a ra- totally dude. tasteless jokes from volume 14. Yeah, it'd be like racist jokes for every ethnicity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like every ethnicity had their own chapter. And he was like, I got, hey, I got to make a quick stop by Walden <laughs> Books. There's a new Indian kid in my class. I got to pick up some hot, hot jokes to spit at the kid. I think we've talked about this. Show. That's the first time I learned jokes about Polish people because the yeah. whole chapter on Polish people was just how that they were dumb. Yeah. And I remember being like, wait, what? It's a country in East, Eastern Europe that's like surrounded by other countries. But that's within the, those specific borders. Those people, I mean, they don't even know how to fucking make a submarine door. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. I mean, who started that? And yeah, they, it's, every, a good, it's a great question. It. Like everyone in Poland is a moron. It's a great like, question. Like who's some, some some Czechoslovakian back in the day is like, I have a, I have a propaganda campaign we start against <laughs> Polish people. I think we just start some... calling them stupid worldwide. We say they are the stupid <laughs> ones. I think it probably has something to do with World War II, right? It has to. <laughs> And the Germans just marching right into Poland. Yeah. Hitler, which started the whole war. I mean, it's got to be something with that. I don't know. Okay. How did Hitler invade Poland? He knocked. Was that a joke? Because it would have been one. No, yeah, it would have been one. Oh, a hundred percent. I guarantee that is a joke. Okay, let's let's go down uh dirty sports memory past with this call. I think this is it. Yeah. Hey, boys, Andrew from Kansas calling. Um, you know, my girlfriend and I just started watching Game of Thrones again. It's her first time seeing it. And in a month, she's on season six, which I thought was pretty impressive. But then I was reminded of Andy Ruther's four-day Game of Thrones binge in 2017. Adderall Field, Adderall Field Game of Thrones binge. And so I went to YouTube to pull up a quick clip to see, you know, the recaps that you guys did back in the day. And within a, this one two-minute clip, it really highlights how much Andy has changed over the years. So within the first 10 seconds, Joe says, what about Jamie Lannister? And Andy instantly retorts, fuck him. And then Andy follows up with, if you have a hot sister, is she bangable? Like back in the day, rules are different, right? And Joe says, Andy, you know this, is really, this isn't real life, right? It could be in the future. And then Andy follows up again with, I like the Game of Thrones style. Could you imagine just going into a bar and bending over a chick and fucking her over the bar? <laughs> and my last one from that one two-minute clip is my favorite. Is Joe asked Andy, would he take a Reds World Series win or one hour with Khaleesi? And Andy asks, can she wear her Game of Thrones getup? And the answer, of course, is yes, she can. And Andy chooses one hour with Khaleesi over a Reds World Series win. So I just figured that that two minute clip really shows how much Andy has changed. And 
you know, maybe he should pick up Game of Thrones again. All right. See you, boys. Well, see, here's here's the thing with the with the, a question like the Khaleesi question, which is, I knew you were mid binge. I knew you were losing your mind. I remember when I binged like five seasons of of Lost. Like I was never in on Lost. And then my buddy was like, I got them all on DVD. And I was like, all right, fine. And I started watching and I watched five seasons. And then I was having like vivid Lost dreams every night when I went to sleep. I became absolutely obsessed with Kate on Lost and was just like, oh my God, like I would die for Kate. And I knew that you were mid those bins. So I knew I could throw out wild shit. I'm like, you've been watching Khaleesi for four days straight. You're in love. I'm like, you know, you kill a family member or a night with Khaleesi. You're going to be like, no doubt about it, bro. Khaleesi. I'm like, I knew that you were in, in a, in a, in a weakened mental state from the bench. Well, this was only like a day and a half in, which is hilarious. I was already broken. I'll play the clip. So this clip as a reminder for anybody who doesn't know, I binged at the time there were 67 episodes of game of Thrones and I did 67 episodes in four days was the binge. Like we timed it out, how much I could sleep. It was a social media stunt. It went gangbusters. Game of Thrones official Twitter feed retweeted my binge. So I was adding a ton of followers. People were cheering me on. It became a thing. People were sending me food. I never had to really leave my place. They were sending me DoorDash. People were sending me donations. It was pretty wild. But what Andrew left out in the clip is you should hear the beginning how angry i am like the rage is real and i sound like i've been doing cocaine i'll play the clip this is two minutes so the date of this clip is august 27 2017 so almost five years ago this is the clip so it's me you and our buddy comedian dennis gubbins who was on dirty sports that gubby I'm feeling pressure. This Game of your, Thrones, your Game binge. of Thrones binging, hashtag Ruther GOT binge. You're behind. You're a season and a half in. Well, yeah, pick up the pace, dude. Well, here's what I want to say about pick up the pace, dirtballs. I love you. You guys are so supportive. But you tweeting nonstop. What do you think of this show so far? I'm tweeting what I think. <laughs> I'm tweeting that I, I, again. You guys have been great donations, but it's like, you know, the uh, what's the what's the gift? The blonde hair guy that the, the blinking guy. Yeah, that's how I felt yesterday. The amount of people just sliding into my DMs being like, I thought he was talking about Jamie Lannister, to be honest. with you. <laughs> yeah. Jamie Lannister. Fuck him. Yeah. Well, not a fan. He hasn't been in the episodes recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was banging. OK, back in the day. Let's just, let's just get it. Dude, out. take a deep breath. <laughs> what is going on with me? Jeez, get this guy to a float lab. <laughs> Dear God, Andy, smoke a joint. Should have waterboarded you in a float lab. You needed to calm down. Dear God, seriously. Just, just hopped up on Sabaro slices that <laughs> dirtballs had delivered to you. All right, let's get through this. If yeah. you had a hot sister, is she bangable? Back in the day, there's like no rules. I love that you're oh. saying back in the day. You know this didn't happen, right? No, I this know. isn't a history. It's not, but it feels <laughs> like it is. That, like that's that's the thing about Game of Thrones. It could be in the future. So to answer your question, uh, no. What about first cousin? No. 
Really? Like, okay, let's take Yeah, let's, really. I have really? those cousins. I know them. Really? Some of them are like people my friends have made out with them think they're attractive. I, I'm just gonna say that the binge the binge is already taking it's its toll. And he's been doing this sixteen hours and he's now okay with incest. Yeah. He's no, just no, like no, 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 no. he's like, I wanna be a midget, I wanna fuck my cousin. Whoa, dude. A little nobleman, please. <laughs> Dude, I, I see his moves. Can you imagine just going up to the bar, just grabbing a girl, turning around, just bending her over? Like, bro, that's some savage Jeez, shit. Almighty. Can we get back to sports, please? Yeah, anyway, sorry. Guys, it's on my mind. Cavs. Uh, hold on. Before we, get, before we move on, because we did it. A, a Reds World Series next year or one hour with Khaleesi? Hold on a second. Do the Reds win the World Series? Yeah. They win the World Series next year or one hour free run, anything you want. She's like, whatever you ask for, you're going to get a yes. Take me, my king. Can she dress in those awesome Game of Thrones of outfits? Yeah, she can. You, anything you? you ask for. Yeah. Man, that's a tough one. Reds World Series or Khaleesi. Now, I've already experienced the Reds World Series. Right. Done. He's already justifying <laughs> it. Khaleesi, bro. Sorry. I'm there. I'm hooked. Yeah. She, she got me. An hour. He just took an hour with a <laughs> fictional dragon. Wow. Unbelievable. Now looking back, how do you feel about that decision? Do you, you wish it had been the Reds World Series? Well, I understand the rationale of I've already <laughs> yeah. experienced a World yeah, Series. You've been, you've been up for 24 hours. You're cracked out on Adderall. You're well, first of all, I, I was not on Adderall. I, I like I've never I've never done Adderall in my life. I, I was just cracked out um, probably all the sugar people were sending me. I, I would take a Reds World Series. I mean, the full season. Mm-hmm. Come on. Like, this isn't even a question. The full joy of winning a World Series, an hour with Amelia Clark dressed in an outfit. I mean, honestly, I, I, to be honest, though, in the next five years, you probably have a better chance of Khaleesi. You probably have a better chance of running into Khaleesi, her being just infatuated with Andy Ruther, getting a hall pass from your girlfriend. You probably have a better chance than you do the Reds putting it together. Oh, oh, chance wise. Yeah. Like. The, the the Reds have no chance of winning a World Series in the next five years. I shouldn't say no, but if you took all 30 teams, they'd be in the lower. I put them in the lower three to five for sure. It's kind of cringe for me to be fully honest hearing that, like the whole thing, because I'm I'm insane. And I'm also just like bend girls over the bar, sex, cousins. Like, like, dude, what is going on? Guys, this is what years of therapy and float lab can do for you. I mean, I am kind of a poster child. And again, lots more cannabis. Now, it's important to note this was August 27, 2017. Marijuana had been legally approved in California in the 2016 election, but it did not become. Like it wasn't in all the stores until January 1st, 2018. It took about a year from the end of the election. So I think all those things combined and just mellowing out, right? I don't know. I was insane. I was pretty embarrassed to hear that clip last night. Not going to lie. I was like, oh, but I got to play this for the show. But I'm glad you came across that. And for the record, I have thought about going back and watching Game of Thrones again. Yeah, because you you know there's what eight seasons and six of them I watched in four days. 
Yeah. It was just not the best viewing experience. So my current girlfriend has never seen it. So there's an opportunity to enjoy something, but I'm glad, I'm glad you got that tidbit there, Andrew. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ashamed of myself. I'm ashamed of, uh, ruining the Ruther name. Basically, uh, it's disgusting. Now, whatever, you know, you change as a person, you evolve, but 310-359-8365. That's the hotline. <laughs> Give a ring. I feel like this is kind of turned into a little thing, Joe, where people are like, dude, you're what Ruther said. 2016, he was going to jack off on a chalupa. And Somebody needs it. to do, you know, the evolution of man where you see him like getting getting more upright. We need to have an evolution of Andy Ruther on the Dirty Sports podcast. Just like, you know, March 2014, Andy Ruther talks about it just you it's just like a, a Andy Ruther hunched over like you haven't even started crawl you haven't even started coming off of crawling yet he's like talks about Kobe's killer instinct and will to win <laughs> you know who brings it up as much March, as August 2016 supports incest it's like <laughs> you know who brings up the Kobe thing you and my one brother bring it up just as much that you, you They're like, dude, yeah. you used to be such a Kobe stan. You had moved to L.A. They won a couple titles in your first few years. You were like Johnny Kobe. <laughs> it's awesome. And then I saw the light. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. You can follow me at Andy Ruther. We just have an amphibious Andy Ruther crawling out of the like the muck. And he's like. Johnny Manziel will be a pro bowler in two <laughs> seasons. <laughs> worst, worst take of all time. Worst. And we've had some, and we've had some bad ones. Did I say pro bowler? I think you said pro bowler. Or By the way, did you see this on Reddit? Did you see this? Did you see this Laz Ruther Steph Curry Reddit conspiracy? No. What's going on? And Laz brought it. I, you know, it's it's already been discussed. I went to Laz's birthday on uh, Saturday night. Oh, I see. He's in the YouTube comments right now. There you go. Uh, apparently, and it was a, your mention of it, but apparently on a podcast that somebody has been reviewing from a few years ago, you brought up that you have a bet with Andy Laz that he will not win a uh, championship without KD. So now, so far, we just have hearsay about you mentioning it, but we'll have to see what other stuff. But um, so I'm looking uh, according to on, on Reddit, episode 536, about the 2140 mark. Ruther Ruther references a hundred dollar bet he made with Laz that Steph would never win another ring without Katie. Hmm. Your boy Randy Ruther came to your defense <laughs> in the comments there. <laughs> reading it right now <laughs> randy ruther coming in hot hey man that's why he's randy ruther he's got yeah. my back so last commented today ruther where's my two dollars yeah that's a reference that's a um that's a uh what's that movie it's a john cusack movie remember where he's i want my two dollars no i don't i don't know that reference oh uh, so better so off dead, better off dead, I believe. So basically, I referenced it in a podcast. We don't make it official in a podcast. I don't know. That's what I don't. That's what I don't know. 
I know one thing. Andy Lazarus says that he wanted to come on the podcast and and you know discuss Steph Curry and the championship and you know this thing. I said, well, listen. The, I said this the, the Reddit thread, the the bet Reddit thread post will be brought up on this episode. And last said, I will tune in. What is he going to, he's just going to come on and say he disagrees with you and I, I don't know. No, I, I, in fact, I've gone, in fact, I've gone back and forth with Laz on the Steph thing. He, uh, he at one point said that he was better than KD to me. And I just hit him with a legit stop sign emoji. I was like, please stop. And he laughed because I was like, I won't even like, don't do this. I appreciate your, I appreciate your sports knowledge. Don't do this to yourself. Don't do this to our relationship. Stop. I get it. You're a Steph Stan. Don't do this. And uh, then we talked about the Shaq thing. Laz, Laz believes uh, he doesn't, Laz doesn't agree. It, it kind of works out perfectly for a Steph Stan, but Laz doesn't think we should compare players from different eras, nor should we compare wing players to players that play on, you know, in the post. And I was like, well, that's convenient. He's like, Steph, top five all-time perimeter player. I'm like, okay, cool. Steph, top top one all-time perimeter player that's the son of an NBA player that well, I'll grew just up say, in North Carolina. Yeah, I'll just say this, and this ends the argument, which we've never said. Who do I want in the NBA finals in their prime? Prime Shaq or prime Steph? It's not even close. A guy who's going to bring me... 38 16 and three blocks i mean shaq shaq could legitimately be he affects the game both sides of the ball shaq could legitimately be third on that list if you were like who do i want in the nba finals in their prime all time that's what shaq I'm could legitimately be third on that list that's exactly why i'm saying that yeah. who do you want in their prime in the nba finals for seven games in their prime it's tough for me to go outside of shaq Jordan and LeBron. I didn't see Kareem. I didn't see Will. It's just tough to go outside those three for how well they they dominated finals. So, all right. Well, where where can people get cameos from you, Joe Prano? On cameo. Okay, that's where they can do it. Okay, just, yeah, just they can do it. Make sure. Thanks, Andy. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, so yeah, you can do that. You can follow me on all social media at Joe Prano except for uh, Twitter, where I'm still at Fix Your Life, um, JoePrano.com for shows. And uh, yeah, you guys know the drill. All right, guys, that is our show. I'll, I'll, I'll do some research on that. We can find that clip. And we'll have it next episode. You guys have a great week. Be back on Thursday. Much love for all the support. And as always, stay dirty.